Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can learn everything you need to know about sustainable and ESG investing from leaders in the field. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. Savvy investors understand that integrating ESG metrics into portfolio analysis improves alpha. But too often, investors focus on the E and the G, and they forget about the S in ESG. What about the S in ESG? Just how does social factors influence performance, and why should investors get on board? My guest today is Bonnie Lynn DeBartok, founder, CEO, and director of the S Factor Company. And she's going to tell us why. I've known DeBartok for several years now, and to say that she's a leader in sustainable finance is an understatement. Here are just some of her accomplishments in 2021. She won first place in UBS's Future of Finance Challenge, was selected a global AI FinTech 100 Top Innovator of the Year, is one of Canada's top women in FinTech, and founded one of the top 14 social impact investing startups in Canada. Hello, Bonnie Lynn, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. I'm glad you could join me today, and congratulations on all the amazing work that you're doing and the recognition you're getting for your firm's work and, of course, your devotion to this work. Bonnie Lynn, it's taken the impact of COVID-19 on the financial markets to raise awareness among investors and financial advisors about the importance of the S in ESG. You've been working on the S factor for many years before the pandemic. Tell us how and why that happened. Well, uh, my early career, I have worked in the space of what's known as impact measurement and management, or IMM is the acronym for that, for over two decades. So this is predating ESG, predating CSR concepts, but specifically looking at socioeconomic socio-cultural and socio-political systemic effects of industry on societies. So that's something that, um, you know, a space where I've worked across 59 countries now around the world. I have worked for the NGOs, development agencies, and then I spent, you know, more than a decade working with in the mining and oil and gas sector, advising corporates from inside uh, to their owners' teams and, uh, you know, asset management on inherent uh, issues that they were facing across these topics. But ultimately what happened is the FIs or the financial institutions on the debt side had come to me to employ my opinion on major deals from the outside looking in across social issues. So uh, major challenges or disruptors that would be, you know, um, affect their projects that they were aiming to finance where they knew that there would be grave implications or even complications with uh, complications with the communities that were affected by the projects they were going to finance. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to know some real key issues. How big is this problem? How much will this cost my project? What is the severity and the probability? What, you know, and are these challenges manageable? Um, and so ultimately they were looking for answers on how to price in the severity and probabilities into their debt structures. Um, and the challenge for me at that time was that the information that I required to put that report or that position together 
to answer those questions resided not neatly packaged in a report in uniform categories, but in bits and pieces of hundreds and sometimes thousands of other reports or um, pieces of information from multiple sources. So it ultimately lay unstructured and time was of the essence. So it was at that time that I realized that we needed to move into the technology and data space with this expertise and be able to replicate this process um, you know, at a pace and a cost at which the institutions required to have access to this information to inform their strategy. So that is why the S factor or the social factor data company was born, was to, was to actually put all that together. So since 2017, you've been using machine learning, natural language processing, big data, and subject expertise to solve three global problems. The first is the social data gap, followed by quantification and returns. So tell us more about these issues and how the S-Factor is using the latest technologies to solve them. Um, and uh, let's start with the social data gap. Sure, I mean, I first had, you know, moving, transitioning from impact measurement into the investment space and the technology space, I first had to get my head around what is what sources of information are these institutions relying on today? How are they made? What are their genetics of the content that they are relying on? And then what's missing from that based on my expertise that I can bring to the table? How can I fulfill that gap? So the social what, what was learned is that we now have you know 51.4 trillion in assets under management in accordance to responsible strategies, most of which are reliant on these ESG data suppliers none of which harvest those social KPIs that we're used to working with for decades. All of that information around modern slavery and labor rights and human rights and land tenure and health and safety and community impacts, none of that information is currently a part of the conversation. And as you said, as a result of COVID, it's now becoming a part of the conversation, but the structured data to inform it is still isn't there. So that's, that's the gap that we're looking to fill is to create a knowledge set as an add-on to what the world is using for ESG data supply now. So the social data gap is what is the criteria and where do you get the information? How do you make it meaningful and material and how do you price it in to the discussion? Now, Bonnie, is that social data gap specific to um, mining and, and, and resource development firms or is this a, a, a problem throughout the industry across all sectors? This is across all sectors. And what's interesting is you have, um, you know, there is, there is a report out there called the aggregate confusion. And so to build on that, we are talking about a plethora of data sources across the spectrum informing ESG across industry at all um, size, scale, scope, and, and regions of location of, of industry. So you've got SMEs and emerging markets, but you have major players who aren't currently considering a lot of the landscape or being valued for their performance across the landscape of social either. So the conversation is um, industry agnostic uh, across social issues. Currently, uh, what's dominating the social content or the social discussion is things like, you know, women on boards or 
some element of diversity within an organization. Um, and in fact, the social factors are constitute about 1,200 indices. There is a, a 360 view and societal impact of where companies are operating um, and the effects that they have on the communities throughout location of operation and throughout their supply chains. There's much more to the social conversation and what is currently being considered. And certainly there aren't any major ESG providers of information that are informing this market in that way. Okay. Now, what about quantification? Uh, quants are, uh, a, is, I know quantitative analysis is a particular approach to portfolio construction. How do you use quantitative data? So the first challenge that we had was to define what is the criteria? Where do you get the information? How do you make it material? So that was the social data gap. The second challenge was then, how do you quantify something that is otherwise perceived as qualitative or immaterial or subjective information on social behaviors and outcomes? So the social factor has uh, created its own taxonomy of criteria, proprietary taxonomy, but also a proprietary method for measuring the outcomes of behaviors in accordance to um, this criteria in a way that is financially material. So we have found a way to associate social factor behavior and financial outcomes. My first ever index or the, the beginning of this concept was 2010. I started to correlate uh, social behaviors with financial outcomes in the mining sector. We've taken that beyond mining across the entire global public equities market now. Um, into every vertical and then specific KPIs across uh, each industry using some of these frameworks. Okay, now let's talk about the returns. Uh, are these portfolio returns we're discussing? Are these returns within the, the companies that you, that you use your analytics for to help them uh, um, reach a more acceptable level of, uh, of social issues uh, for portfolio inclusion? Yes, 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 and yes. So <laughs> <laughs> good. the first exercise, good. <laughs> first exercise was what is the information? And then second, you know, where do we get that information? Now, how do we quantify it, measure it? And is there an association with correlation to outcomes and, and a business case for the value of including this information in the decision-making um, can we can we better performance as a result and bring that to market? So what's coming out of the um, the analytics now? Uh, we've detected two sources of alpha. The first is fundamental. So it actually the system correlates scores and ratings just like typical ESG platforms. Those scores are changing consistently one to three months ahead of market over five year spreads. So we've been running tests. We've been bringing in, you know, the quantamentals and actual quant firms to come and test these regressions or these attribution, you know, they're doing attribution analysis and looking at regression models to ascertain if there were signals in the score data that predicted uh, stock price movement. And so we have consistency there. Um, we did evaluate some portfolios. We evaluated individual funds. We went in and looked at particular industries and peer comparison over those time frames. We even looked at a couple of individual companies over, you know, so we, we segmented this testing across time series as well. 
whether is it monthly or quarterly or annually, which, you know, produce the best returns and results. And, and what we got was a consistent signal. And so the application of that is pretty versatile. So it's, it's strategy agnostic. You can, um, you know, you can negative screen for uh, across leaders and laggards, whether it's industry or fund or thematics. Um, and we can talk about some of the applications and who's using it, but the second um, alpha detection really is about predicting based on increased levels of disclosure and transparency, a rush into companies who are participating as leaders on that disclosure, um, you know, different than the fundamentals. So, okay. Those signals are there. So now the companies are probably getting several things out of this process of your work with them, right? Uh, they're getting the potential to, uh, improve their own methodologies, their own business models, and their internal returns. They're also getting the opportunity to provide more data and information to other people and potential investors, especially who who want to know about these metrics these days. Um, what else are they getting out of the process? And if you could share a couple of examples with us, that would be great. Absolutely. So, um, you know, we have a... We we have a, a difference in following in terms of who's tapping into this data. So before it was, you know, social was considered for foundations or philanthropy or maybe governments or what have you, but our audience really has changed. Uh, and so who's coming in to read the data are asset managers. Their intent is to monitor in real time companies' behaviors and peer comparison with underlying data now being able to visualize the content which is informing score changes in the screens in the UI. So we, we do give access to the visibility of millions of data points that we are collecting on a daily basis from multiple sources, company supplied, regulatory filings, you know, social media, um, uh, you know, and other repositories of open source information. And we've moved beyond black box scores. So what is typical in ESG data providers is they'll give scores and ratings, but there is aggregate confusion as to why different rating agencies have a difference of scores across the same companies. Right. And most of which you can't have access to to understand what the methodology is and what the information is that's informing those scores. So in some cases, it's company-only supplied survey data. In other cases, it's media tagging, high frequency on topics, data, um, and sentiment associated with those topics. So we've tried to move into ESG 2.0, we call it, beyond black box scores on one hand, and giving validity and materiality beyond high frequency topic tagging on the other hand, and visualize all of that in a UI. So at the asset management level, uh, some active owners want to get into the behaviors of the companies they're invested in and monitor them in real time. For hedge funds, they want to go, you know, higher level, just looking at the high frequency signals of all the sources of data that we are computing. For fund managers, they want to go, you know, a level higher than the asset managers, and they want to look at the total performance of a fund or a portfolio. We can now... Um, you know, whether it's leaders and laggards within the fund in association to performance mm -hmm. and social factors, or um, 
we can also now go to portfolio managers or fund managers and say, did you know 80% of your constituents are now exposed to three new modern slavery regulations that have come down based on where their supply chains are sitting? And so we can identify new risks and opportunities within the fund. Okay. So we're just about out of time for today's conversation, but I know there's a lot more to talk about in this area, and we'll, we'll come back for a, a future episode um, and have that conversation as well. For today, Bonnie Lynn, let's tell our listeners how they can contact you and where they can get more information about the S-Factor company online. Sure. Uh, the website is the thesfactor.co. We are most active with our information on our LinkedIn page, the S Factor uh, Co. And I would encourage listeners to stay tuned for an upcoming publication to be released in December, specifically around the quantumentals and that alpha detection in the signals and how best they can incorporate or price it into their current strategies. That's great. And when that report comes out, uh, I would love to be able to attach it to this program. Uh, I don't know when, you know, exactly the exact posting date at the moment, but if you could supply that for us when it's ready, we'll be glad to add it as an attachment to this program in the in the Sustainable Finance Podcast channel. Well, thank you very much again, Bonnie Lynn Bartok, founder, CEO, and director of the S Factor Company, and to our listeners. Please join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Music